Hello and welcome to Talks with the Feminine. I'm Annie Taylor and it has been a while. Um, And I guess this is pretty much my last episode for the year, even though there's been a significant gap between episodes. So I thought I would just make this little addition, I suppose, to explain the huge uh, gap (laughs) between things. Um, As you can kind of probably imagine, it's, you know, we're all going through some similar stuff. But um, I thought today, um, you know, prior to starting to get some more really cool women back onto the podcast, I might actually just share a little a little story of my own um, fairly quickly. We'll see how we go. I've only got half an hour, um, so that's what I'm going to try and work within. Um, so speaking of this year, um, 2021, which um, for me began in a completely different house um, and very different circumstances, um, you know, we sort of, I won't go into the whole horror of it all, but in under sort of duress, we had to move right in the middle of the year, right in the middle of another lockdown. Um, at the start of this year, I had high hopes for how it was going to all go. And I was adamant that I was going to be able to do all of the things that I was setting out to do. Somehow it was going to work out. Um, I suppose that's what I said. I don't know if I really felt that way. I think I felt a little bit like cross your fingers and see what happens. Um, After so much time in lockdown and having a really tricky 2020, not just because, I mean, definitely because of COVID stuff, but also because of the the big move and trying to resettle my children and, um, and definitely the COVID stuff in terms of the actual being in lockdown and isolation and all of the lovely things so that by the time we got to 2021 I was like right I'm you know let's see how this goes but I'm definitely going to go well somehow it will um so then I uh got to the middle of the year and it was a bit of a a shitstorm to be honest it was uh Uh, my partner's car stolen in the week that we had to move and we had to move because my house that we were living in was kind of falling apart through no fault of our own and needed to be repaired so we needed to leave and we'd had a really difficult time with the real estate agent that we were with at that time and I think the owner of the house had as well so it was all pretty miserable Um, and by that point um, you know, it was around, I was, well, my, my youngest had recently turned one in the middle of this year. And, uh, you know, motherhood's been a funny thing for the last 18 months or two years, um, depending. And, uh, it's been interesting because, especially for me, because I had a, a newborn, um, actually she was born right between two massive lockdowns. Um, like we'd just come out of a lockdown and she was born and then we went back into one on the other side of it. Uh, and 
that was a bit of an issue <laughs> because where I had previously always really enjoyed those early days and really savoured them as much as I could when my first two were born with my third, uh, I really experienced a lot of a lot of struggle and kind of misery and um, felt like I was failing at being a mum like all of the time in a way that I really I mean everybody gets the guilts now and then but this was sort of really every day um, you know overarching kind of umbrella feeling awful feeling like I, I just wasn't living up to my own standards of myself and that was um, and for a really long time I was having such a hard time figuring out was that me or was that the situation was I failing and flailing because I didn't have what it took to raise three little people or you know was I just not not cut out for being um as as confident in motherhood as I'd previously felt uh, or was it because of the crappy COVID lockdowns crap on top of crap stolen cars moving house twice inside of a year like really when I think about it now it's like well uh <laughs> like it's a bit of an obvious answer um but I was really I was really pissed off <laughs> about all of it regardless um so that's where I was by the middle of this year and probably mm, you know into the second half of the year I was still like, no, nah, I want to. I want to get podcasts recorded once a month. I want to be right on top of everything, um, study, and then I I started a new job that I was really enjoying, and um, you know, but still wanted to be back to my, for want of a better word, normal self as a mum. Um. So that sort of brings me up to this story that um, of something that happened to me recently. Um, now that we're not in lockdown anymore and I'm working regular hours at my regular job again instead of, you know, being in and out of supervision-based roles um, and, uh, you know, just having a really different kind of time of it than some people um, – Definitely, I've been in the, in the frame of mind that, all right, I'll just try and get myself back together now that we're on the other side of that. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's a competition and I think it's not good for us to, to compare ourselves to others. But in the back of my mind, I just keep thinking that I don't, I really don't have it as bad as some people do. I've been able to work, I've been able to, I've been able to have somewhere to live and to be able to find somewhere to live when rentals are scarce or highly uh, competitive. And, um, you know, I've been able to keep my kids in, um, in care or kinder or school, depending at different times across different lockdowns because I've been an essential worker or because... I've lived in a regional area or, you know, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things in that hand to really be grateful for, um, under difficult circumstances. 
But um, what happened a couple of weeks ago was um, it was – it had been a very, very busy week. Every week feels overwhelmingly busy at the moment. Um, I suppose that happens every year at the end of the year. This is a particularly sort of shaky one because it's like, oh, my gosh, what even happened? Like January feels – a thousand years ago and when I think about even when we moved in July it it just I can't believe that was just still this year and in fact now that I'm back teaching it's pretty hilarious I think if you can talk to any teacher we're all like that was that was term four that was just term four (laughs) like or even even in term three I remember we were all looking at each other going this feels like the longest term of our entire lives (laughs) because usually what happens when you're a teacher is it's suddenly like week five or six and you've got um, assessments due and and you've got a lot of stuff that you're like getting on top of and really thinking about um, the next like steps for your students and planning it out really um, I guess sequentially and and being on top of everything in that way or sometimes getting a bit snowed under depending on the year um, and it happens really fast. Terms go super fast, usually. But all the in and outs of schools and lockdowns and testing and, you know, if you had a sniffle, you had to be at home and having to consider your own kids and your own family. Um, yeah, it, it's been a very long year. So now that we're back to this kind of semblance of normal, um, my girls um, had their their dance concert scheduled and actually I felt for the dance school because they had rescheduled it I think about three or four times. It was supposed to happen in like June or May or something and then it was rescheduled for September and then it was rescheduled again and then finally it was rescheduled for I think end of November and yeah and we actually got to go to it and um, because everything's been so full and so busy, busier than, feels busier than, than it has in previous years, even last year. Um, I think it might be a little bit because everyone's just scrambling to do as much as they can, as much positive, you know, engaging stuff as they can while they can. Um, so you know, I kind of got to the day of this dance concert and I hadn't really prepared for it at all. You know, I was like, I got up in the morning, I was like, oh, I better find like dance uniforms and I've got to do dance makeup on these kids. So I'm like, I got up, actually, I think um, they'd spent the night at their grandparents. So I went and got them, brought them home. And then I was like, right, we've got to get you dressed. We've got to get makeup on. I'm raiding all the cupboards because I don't own that much makeup really I mean I wear a little but like uh, I'm a bit lazy so I you know I'm like uh they want powder I've got to find powder so I found this I'm digging around the back of the cupboard which has like still got boxes of stuff in it um because you know we like we moved six months ago or something and you know, with three kids, unpacking is a slow process. We'll probably have just managed to unpack by the time we need to move again, if at all. Um, so, so I found these little samples of powder that my cousin had given me a few years ago when she was working for a cosmetics brand. Um, and 
So I dug that out and I'm, you know, meticulously painting my children's faces. You know, I've never done that before. I've never put makeup on a child. So I was like, this is an interesting experience. Um, So I did the powder and I did the brown eyeshadow and I refused to do eyeliner because I'm not putting eyeliner on my three-year-old. It sounds like an impossible task, even if I wanted to, which I don't. Um, and mascara, and then I put blush. I actually did own blush, so that was pretty impressive for me. Um, and uh, and then red, very bright red lipstick, of which I own much. That's probably the thing I had the most of, so that was easy. Um, although it was a bit awkward because, as it turns out, putting red lipstick on little kids, you know, it just goes kind of on the surface of their lips. There's little cracks everywhere in their lips and it doesn't and it just smudges everywhere it's not like putting lipstick on yourself or on an adult in general it's um a very different experience so that was you know that was that was interesting <laughs> but um we got it done we got it done and then I'm I'm pulling my my three-year-old's hair into a bun a teeny little bun and my and my five-year-old has a pixie cut so I tried to pin it back I guess it didn't really it didn't really work um and I don't know that I expected it to (laughs) but did my best just completely encased them in hairspray and I'm frantically getting all this done I'm getting their ballet shoes together put their uniforms on get their little nighty gowns on into slippers into the car. Okay, we're going to go. So they had to go to the rehearsal before the actual performance. So I dropped them off um, and I took my one-year-old back to my mum's um, because I didn't think she'd actually be that keen to sit for two and a half hours to watch. Um, you know, she'd probably watch her sister's dance and then that would be the end of it. So she went over for a, for a visit, which was lovely. Um, another thing that I'm very grateful for these days is having access to family close by who are willing to hang out with my kids in these sorts of situations. Um, it's definitely changed. Like the year's been hard, but I I cannot even fathom how much harder it would have been had that not been the case. So yeah, that's another side note there. But, um, anyway, so we're, we're running off to this dance concert thing, um, dropped uh well we all get out of the car drop them off at the arts center um in town and you know just they're all ready they had their little bags that was the other thing I had to pack bags full of you know snacks appropriate to eat when you're in in a rehearsal or um in your uniform or uniform costume either one uh so did that um packed all their books and colouring books and textures and all sorts of things so that they'd have stuff to do for like a few hours that they had to wait backstage. And uh, yeah, so they had all that in their little bags and I dropped them at the front with their teacher and, you know, said goodbye and off they went. And they, while I, you know, after I left, I assume they, they did their little dress rehearsal together. Um, and then later on it turned out, you know, I didn't really need to send all those activities even though they would, had been requested because um, the dance school was really fantastic and they um, they provided lots of stuff for the little kids to do and they had some volunteers there to, you know, um, to look after them and some of the bigger girls were there to entertain them and play games and, um, yeah, and, and they had snacks 
and, you know, lollies and which is like a big deal for my kids to have lollies. And although this year they've had way more sugar than they ever would have previously, which is another contributing factor to how I was like, wow, where have I gone? Where has me as mother disappeared to? (laughs) I just don't know because my kids would not be allowed to have lollies at all previously to this year, um, pretty much, except for at birthday parties. But this year, I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. Just, you know, you want a chocolate biscuit? Please just have the chocolate biscuit and let me finish this job that I'm trying frantically to do while your sister's unpacking more stuff behind you. Um, (laughs) While I'm trying to fold washing and she's emptying all of the teddies onto the floor. Um, Please just eat this thing so I can try and stay sane for five more minutes. Um, (laughs) Again, off on a tangent. But um, anyway, so I dropped them off. I dropped the other girl off. I came home. I got dressed um, basically because I had about an hour until I had to go back for the concert to actually start. Um, and my partner got ready and we all got in the car and went back to the art centre. I said hello to my cousin um, at some point because um, her she's got a child at the school as well and it was all really lovely. Anyway, then we... Um, we went and found our seats and set up shop there. We had we had four seats because um, both our girls were in the first half and then in the second half they were going to come and sit with us and watch the rest of the show, especially because my um, my middle child, is she loves um, dance. Like the reason she's at the dance school is she just finds dance to be this kind of enrapturing experience to, to partake in but also to watch. So... Um, you know, even though we could have left at intermission, I sort of thought, nah, she, she'll want to actually watch the big kids, you know. And one of her teachers was also performing, so she was really keen. Um, anyway, we're all set up, we're ready, we're, you know, everything's happening. And I was like, and I had, my brain had been so busy, just like so busy getting everything done and, you know, keeping on top of everything and trying to, um, you know, I guess be aware of all of the commitments and it had been a big weekend prior to this and blah, 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 blah. anyway we sit down and at some point the lights go down and uh the there's a someone makes an announcement over the PA you know and it's it's sort of all the usual stuff like you know please don't take photos and turn your phones off and la la, la but um they also broke into this sort of, um, I guess, little mini speech of how um, happy they were, happy the school was, this representative was saying, um, happy the dance school was that they could now finally all get together and perform and um, share what the work that they'd done over the year, um, despite all the interruptions and the stop start and the fact that we weren't doing it in the way that we had kind of thought we would. And there were some people who weren't able to attend, but that it was, you know, a really great thing, um, for the community that we were finally able to, to do the dance concert. Um, 
and it was like I had this like moment of just I don't know why it seems like such a small thing but I um I suddenly had this moment of quiet in my mind um finally felt like oh I'm actually present at this you know I'm not running around I'm not distracting myself I'm not overwhelming myself with content and responsibilities and information and everything so um so I just sat and then the curtain opened and the teeny tiny children came out um who are smaller than mine um so the teeny tinies were out and they sort of all just you know did what teeny tiny children do and um you know, sort of wandered out onto the stage looking around. They had a sort of probably 12 or 13-year-old leading them out onto the stage and they're all looking around and it's all a bit, you know, nerve-wracking. But they were so sweet and they came out with their little costumes and headpieces on and I just burst into tears. (laughs) I was extremely glad that no one could see me and my partner was not looking at me. He was too busy having a giggle at at these teeny tiny little, you know, sort of two-year-olds or three-year-olds wandering out onto the stage, um, pointing their little toes and smiling where they thought their parents probably would be. And um, and I thought, wow, that's a pretty extreme reaction. (laughs) Um, And then... After they had finished, another act came on. It was Bigger Children. And I cracked it again. And I continued to have a little cry. (laughs) Um, A lot of it I was trying to fight back so no one would notice that I was just tears streaming down my face. Um, You know, in the dark, luckily, uh, as when I wasn't close enough to the stage to have my face all lit up or anything like that. So that was super lucky. Um, you know, I just, I kept, I kept getting carried away emotional, just overwhelmed every time, uh, a new little act would come out. And then when my daughters came out, I was just beside myself. They had two separate acts that they were taking part in each one each and I yeah I was just just in pieces and I thought you know and I'm not really I'm not really a crier anyway I don't do a lot of crying um uh you know unless very provoked um definitely not in public um I've got a whole sort of weird um probably bad attitude I'm very happy to be near other people when they're crying but um I've got kind of a bit of a shame spiral going around my own emotions so uh so yeah I don't I, I would normally not do that and I definitely don't cry when I'm happy usually um not not really at all it's not you know I you know people who get happy tears whenever they have a really positive experience. I I don't really, um, I don't really experience that much. Um, sometimes might have the odd tear, but nothing like this where I was just, just streaming thing happening. Um, 
and uh, anyway, while this is going on, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Why am I getting so upset? And um, and eventually I, I put my finger on what it was and it was just um, this feeling of utter, I don't know, relief perhaps or, or just feeling um, so overwhelmed with um, being pleased for these little people who've had just the most ridiculous couple of years. Like, uh, I mean, I spent most of my life prior to children um, in some form or other thinking about how how different moments would affect me when I had children and, and how I would like to raise my own children, especially when I was working with children. I would think, right, well, this is how I want to do that. Um, and the last couple of years, you know, came out of, out of the woodwork, really, didn't they? I mean, uh, I think possibly one of the reasons I felt so confident and happy with how I was going as a mum was that I'd spent so much time I don't mean having an idealistic rose-tinted view of things. I mean really, really thinking about – I used to really, really think about what what my childhood was like, what childhood meant, and what the most valuable bits of it were and what I wanted to bring forth for my own children um, before they were even born. So when they were born, I felt really – um, I didn't, I didn't, I never felt like, oh, well, this isn't what I imagined because I felt like I was making it what I imagined. But then in, in 2020, 2021, a lot of that went completely beyond any of our control. Like I, the things that I wanted to do and be were kind of a little bit gone and, and my mental health was not what I needed it to be in order to, you know, um, create these sort of really normal, um, lovely social kind of experiences for my kids as things just kept getting cancelled and whipped out from underneath them and, and me. And every time it would happen, I just, I feel like we all became more and more steeled against disappointment you know we didn't want to ever get ahead of ourselves because it was like right well you know you you don't you don't want to get ahead of yourself hate that as a as an attitude not getting ahead of yourself but in a COVID year or two you're like well I've planned this and it would be wonderful but I, I don't I don't want to get anyone's hopes up and have them trampled on too much so this feeling of just like we actually got here. We're actually sitting here watching this totally, just completely normal, lovely, happy occasion. You know, like it's just a very normal thing for kids to do is to be in their dance concert with their mates. Like it, it wasn't like it was the most, I mean, it was lovely 
And some of the older children were phenomenal. But, like, my kids really just walked out and pointed their toes a few times, did a couple of plies, did a turn, kept looking over at the older child who they were following. You know, but, like, that simplicity and that and that normality, I just um, – that's something that I think we all kind of have craved the most. And for me, I was like really, really um, moved and overwhelmed by the fact that I I had I'd sort of forgotten in a way. I've been trying to fill the time and trying to um, distract from how difficult everything has been. And, and as I said before, trying to just kind of um, st- like, get uh, desensitized to how difficult and painful everything's been. Even for me, someone who considers herself very lucky. And really, I think I, I assumed that because I haven't had it as bad as others, that I was okay. That I'm, I'm, that I was probably okay. And that was okay now. But as I was sitting there cracking up uncontrollably in, in this, dance concert for my little kids, I kind of thought maybe I'm not really a hundred percent okay, actually. Um, even though I felt happy and relieved, there was like a trigger point there that, that just took me over. Um, and that even though I think I'm doing okay and that I'm in a really good place circumstantially, um, I don't know. I just don't I don't think even at the end of 2021 when things are looking a little bit brighter and we're all like, yeah, but let's not get too carried away. Let's, you know, that's what we all thought at the end of 2020 as well. Um, you know, just even despite all of that, it's uh it it <laughs> it is it is one of those things that's like right um there's still a ways to go. And I really thought I might share this story because I often get, I often have the privilege on here these days of, of sharing stories of, of women, um, and, and listening to their stories and being able to ask them the questions. Um, because I think that we thrive on the stories of others. Um, and also because I just really love hearing these incredible women talk about their life experiences, especially because a lot of the time they think that that you know no one no one would need to or want to know about their life, you know, as if their life is comparable to everyone else's. So why should it be talked about? But um, especially this year and the episodes that I've done this year, I, I think. Oh, you know, and you know what? I say that, but then some of the ones I've done prior to that too have been corkers. But I just think um, having been through this difficult year and still been able to talk to some of these amazing women, like I think being able to see ourselves in other people's experiences is is really, really valuable and none, no time more than now. Um you know, a couple of months or two back, I was sitting with, with some friends who I hadn't seen in a long time because of all the zillions of lockdowns and things. 
And we were all there together and we were just, I can't remember what I was talking about, but I was having a whinge about some some feelings of guilt and struggle in parenting. And we were all sitting having coffee and the kids were playing. We were at a, um, a, a play center for the first time in like a million years. And, um, and they were all sitting there reflecting back to me and reassuring me and telling me about where they had experienced the same feelings and the same experiences. And I just had this feeling of like, holy crap, like I had forgotten what it is to be with other women who I am really close with who share my experience and and who understand this experience in motherhood. Um, Maybe another contributing factor to why I had felt so much like a failure in the early days and months and year now, years almost, of my youngest child's life was that I didn't have any anyone to kind of share the tea and sympathy with. Um, and so I'm cracking this open, I guess, because even though I usually get to share other women's stories and I consider them to be super... Um, wonderful and valuable. But, you know, I sort of thought it was worth sharing this in case somebody else needed to hear this in the same way that I needed to hear from those friends of mine um, who were sitting with me at a play centre a month or so back that, you know, even when we're sort of going, right, we're okay, we're okay, we're okay, we'll just keep pushing along and like filling the days and, you know, quick, make the most of it before we're in another lockdown and all the craziness um, and all the fear that's that's really stoked up in in all of it, in the situation, in the, you know, the virus, in the lockdowns, in the, um, in the FOMO of everything, um, you know, I think it's one of those it's okay not to be okay moments and we just have to keep just doing little steps every day. Just that's where I've kind of come to is um, is it's all right, but I'm not really all right. Um, but I have to just keep taking little steps every day to get closer to being all right again and remembering me again because it's it, I'm not 100% there yet. Um, and I've also decided, and this is sort of my final thought for this podcast for the year, um, and I will be back and I have got some really cool people lined up to talk and to share their really interesting stories next year as well. So I'm really looking forward to that, but, um, to finish off for this year, I think what I've taken away is that, you know, it's okay not to be utterly pessimistic if it doesn't work for you. It certainly doesn't work for me. Um, if it does work for you, cool. But um, but also, doe-eyed optimism is not really going well for me at this point either. Um, I think it's okay to just kind of 
take one day at a time. Um, but be hopeful. Like I'm kind of going for hopeful now. And the symbolism of this year ending, even though I know it's just symbolic, like I know that the difference between the end of December and the start of January, the days, the, the situation's not different. I know that. But it is meaningful to me to draw a line under this year and be hopeful moving into next year. And I hope, speaking of being hopeful, I hope that you can feel hopeful for next year as well. Um, regardless of how it ends up playing out, because we just don't know. And being in control of anything really is, is an illusion, but being happy isn't. So that's, I guess, where I'm, what I'm striving for. So look, that's where I will wrap up for 2021 and I'm sending all of the best wishes for next year out to you and I'm, you know, as I say, I'm really hopeful we'll, we'll all be together again and having a, a more pleasant time of it soon. It's hard to know but still going with it. Um, once again, if you need to reach me, um, you can still find me on my website I have been taking a little break. I have been taking a break from taking on too many clients and um, a break, obviously, from podcasting and blogging and things like that. But I will be back doing more of that next year. Um, I'm also going to be presenting at Seven Sisters next year. So if you are going to be at the Seven Sisters Festival, um, I'm running a, a, a storytelling workshop for... Um, for maidens, for girls, uh, and also I'll be running a birth story circle again. So um, if you're there, please come and find me. I'm going to try and squeeze in as much content to the couple of hours that I've got dedicated to that while I'm there. Um, and otherwise, have a great Christmas, have a great new year, and I will see you on the flip side. <laughs>